1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire NFL DFS podcast for week 16. Only two weeks left in the NFL season. Uh, we are sponsored tonight, again, by FanDuel. We appreciate that. If you could please rate or review the podcast, we'd also appreciate that. If you do or have enjoyed us uh, during the course of the year to go to uh, iTunes or Stitcher, leave a quick rating and review, that would be greatly appreciated. Very important to the podcast. Uh, I should say, I am Scott Jensta, joined tonight by Vlad Sedler. If you want to follow us on Twitter... I am at Scott Jensted. Jensted is J E N S T A D. Vlad is at Rotogut. R O T O G U T. Vlad, we missed you. I missed you last week. Uh, Jeff Erickson filled in uh, pretty well, but it's good to have you back.
2: Yes, and so uh, with that said, I'm, I'm, I imagine it was the highest rated show of the year.
1: Uh, I'm not going to give. Uh, I'm not going to give Jeff any ego boost, so I'm not going to answer anything in that regards. Um, uh,
2: yeah. Yeah, You know, it was a, you know, last week was uh, definitely a little busy, a little swamped. I did have a chance to, you know, obviously set my uh, my NFC teams and I did get in a single FanDuel lineup. Uh, Unfortunately, I sort of matched uh, my FanDuel lineup with uh, with my NFC where I do have a ton of Russell Wilson. And so um, you could pretty much imagine how miserable my Sunday afternoon was.
1: Yeah, that was uh, that was rough. And he was it, like Wilson did all year. He, even when we struggled early, he, you know, did stuff in the fourth quarter. He's like leading the NFL in fourth quarter touchdown pass. It just didn't come. They was, just wasn't there that game. But it was a weird week. It was like probably the weirdest wide receiver week in NFL history. The top four receivers last week in, in fantasy were Keelan Cole, Sterling Shepard, Jaden Mickens, and Tavares King. So Sterling Shepard, fine. Like he he's, you know, we know who that is. But the other three guys, you know, total no names. Keelan Cole's done a little, but the other two guys out of nowhere. It was Two Jacksonville guys, two Giants guys, and and Nina, and there was no D.D. Westbrook in there. It was it was a really odd one.
2: Yeah, it, it was absolutely weird, and uh, I I do think Tavares King is a little banged up this week, so I don't think he'll be able to uh, to do those royal things this week, but we'll see.
1: Wow, you already got that one in. But uh, the the big story in the afternoon, you know, the, the Russell Wilson game you mentioned. You know, Todd Gurley went crazy. Uh, you know, a lot of people that were, you know, behind in DFS or behind their season long playoffs, Gurley scores four touchdowns. Uh, pretty much, uh, any team with Gurley went flying by everybody. I do have one season long league that I won because of that. So that was fun. But, uh, I tell you what, uh, Mr. Gurley, you know, I think last year is completely in everybody's rear view mirror. He looks awesome this year.
2: It looks amazing. Um, you know, we're talking about a guy that's going to be a, a top uh, three consensus pick overall next year. If, uh, Everything looks good with Antonio Brown. Him, Le'Veon Bell, and Gurley sounds like a pretty good threesome there to start.
1: Yeah, I think I'd probably throw Zeke Elliott in there and make it a foursome, and you can kind of mix it up any way you want.
2: Oh, yeah, that guy. That's right.
1: Yeah. It's very topical because he's actually back this week. He's uh, off suspension, back for the Cowboys. The Cowboys have a little bit of a chance in the playoffs. They uh, need to win out and get a little bit of a help, but uh, having Zeke back uh, with them playing for something does make it interesting at least.
2: Yeah, Uh, I can't wait to talk about that Dallas game when we get around to it. Yeah. Uh, you know, what about sort of last thing about, about week 15, uh, the performance of Cam Newton, obviously through four touchdown passes, um, you know, hasn't really been up to speed all season long. And then, you know, we're, we're seeing a little something out of him. Uh, you, you think that shoulder, uh, issue, uh, from the off season is sort of behind him. And, uh, you know, is it something that we're going to be able to look forward to with Cam Newton here in the, in this final week of the playoffs?
1: Yeah, Cam was popular last week. I missed on that one. I was kind of a fade on him. I just I just didn't like what I saw from the passing numbers. You know, five or six uh, games coming in under 200 yards before that. But he only had 242 yards before touchdowns. The Green Bay defense was just terrible. I think it was a function of that. But uh, he, uh, he certainly looked good. They finally used Christian McCaffrey the way they should, you know, getting him out in space, lining him up in the slot. Um, I thought their game plan was really good last week more than anything. But, uh, so... Are you still there, Vlad? I am. Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought, Sorry. I, thought I lost you for a second. Um, moving yeah. on to the uh, the Week 16 slate. Interesting slate. There's no Thursday night game this week. We have uh, There are two Saturday games. Those are off the main slate. There's also no Sunday night game because it's Christmas Eve, so there's actually not a game scheduled. there. And then there's two Monday night games. So we lose uh, India at Baltimore. No one really cares about that. We lose uh, Minnesota at Green Bay, which is too bad. That's a really good game on sa- on Saturday night and the two monday night games are the Steelers at Houston and Oakland at Philly. So we lose we lose Pittsburgh and Philly, which is kind of a bummer, but uh still 12 games on the slate. I think we got uh we got we got plenty to go with, but uh
2: Oh man, I I think in general by by far, this is the game that I'm least interested in and, yeah, it's and terrible. Uh, you know, probably not going to have much exposure to it. I mean, and I'm guessing that'll probably be the case for most people. Um, you know, just really not much to love here with the Browns having uh, basically the lowest implied team total of the week uh, or of the day at 16 points that Josh just- Gordon hype train is, uh, you know, lost a little bit of its luster after a quiet week five. He did have 11 targets against the Ravens, catching just five of them. But, you know, 7,100 against this tough secondary on the road. Probably no Gordon for me. If I had to choose anyone or or go with anyone here, it might be a GPP flyer with Corey Coleman at 5,800. But even then, just not a lot to love here on the Cleveland side.
1: Yeah, I wonder if it might be an interesting time to go back to Gordon. He did have the targets. Uh, you know, the Bears haven't allowed 100-yard receivers since week three. That, uh, that stat's been out there all week today for this week when people are talking about Gordon. But, you know, the Niners had two guys over 90 yards in week 13. Marvin Jones had 85, so a little bit of semantics there. The Bears are only about middle of the pack in FanDuel PPG uh, to wide receivers at 26.2. I just D- – Deshaun Kaiser hurts his upside so much. We don't know if Deshaun Kaiser is going to start this week. There's some rumblings of him getting benched, but – I tell you what, if anybody else was playing quarterback, I'd go back to Gordon at 7,100, but uh, Kaiser really worries me.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, And and on the Bears side, I don't know if there's anything you like, but, I mean, you've got the Bears favored by almost a touchdown at home, and technically it should be a solid game script for Jordan Howard, uh, but this guy's got three duds in his last four games, um, someone really hard to time, Uh, the Browns you know, they still do rank number one in in, in run defense. And, you know, they've, they've missed, you know, they missed Jamie Collins and, and Emmanuel Ogba last week. They were still able to contain Alex Collins, uh, who who ran for uh, just 19 yards on 11 carries. Uh, and then you had the previous week uh, Packers, Jamal Williams. He scored a rushing touchdown, but he was held to just 3.3 yards a carry. And that's sort of the magic number there, that 3.3. That's what the Browns lead the league in, in terms of uh, yards per game, uh, yards per uh, carry allowed. Know, tied with the Broncos, of course. But, you know, despite the positive game script for the Bears running game, I don't know if I'm particularly excited about Howard.
1: Yeah, I'm not really either. I mean, the four targets helped last week, but he's not much of a pass catcher. The The game script is about the only thing that makes it interesting. They are fared by six and a half, but he's just so up and down. And, you know, Tariq Cohen tends to make some big plays. So at 7,100, I think I'm going to go elsewhere. The The only the only play I really like here is the Bears defense at 4,800. They've been pretty good lately. Seven sacks the last two games. They've allowed less than 100 yards in back to back games, also. You know, one of those nice game scripts we like. Their favorite low over under, going against a very shaky quarterback. Also a home game. Uh, the Browns had four turnovers last week. I think the Bears will be pretty popular on the defensive side, though.
2: Yes, I think you'll definitely see uh, the Bears uh, on Fanduel at that, you know, solid price, probably among the top three owned. Just a really good spot at home against Cleveland. Um, This is the last guy I'll mention, and I don't think he'll actually end up playing, but we'll see, is uh, rookie tight end Adam Shaheen. Probably the only other bear I'd consider. Uh, He is uh, dealing with a chest injury, uh, was limited in practice. I did not see whether he practiced today. Um, But, you know, potentially a nice punt tight end. Obviously, you know targeting tight ends against the Browns has been gold all season long um if he's not in the mix you might see a little bit of ownership on Daniel Brown but I wouldn't be as excited about that
1: yeah Shaheen was a, a partial participant in practice today so I would guess he's gonna play so that's I mean, an interesting one he had he had four catches of 44 yards last uh last game that he played so uh yeah an interesting one he had touchdowns against Cincinnati but this game overall you know 38 over under not a lot there. Um, I think Isaiah Crowell in the GPP is a little bit sneaky. He's been playing really well. It's just a matter of um, them staying in the game. Uh, he had uh, he only had five carries last week, but 72 yards, 121 yards the week before. But overall, this game is, is pretty gross and pretty ugly. Uh, I'm going to move on to the next one. We've got an interesting game. Detroit at Cincinnati. Cincinnati has not been playing well right now. They look like they've kind of given up on the season. Marvin Lewis has talked about uh, maybe not coaching next year. It's kind of up in the air. This team looks a little bit lost. Uh, losing Vontez perfect in the middle of the field really hurt them in, in, a few weeks ago. Uh, the Detroit offense is interesting. Over under a 43.5 in this game. They're fair by 4.5. What do you like in the Detroit offense uh, for, for this game?
2: So I keep going back and forth. I mean, I th- you know, on the, off- on the onset, uh, you know, looking at – this team without their top corners, uh, you know, Adam Jones, for the last few weeks, and Drake Kirkpatrick was out last week as well. But uh, Kirkpatrick might actually be back. Uh, same with Berf- uh perfect. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. At first I was looking at Stafford and the passing game, possibly getting Golden Tate back on track after a quiet week 15. Um, but, you know, I'm also interested in, in, in the running game here as well for Detroit. Uh, somebody like Theo Riddick, uh, probably more so on full PPR sites um but it's just a little tougher on FanDuel you've got Teon Green mixing in uh, we're not we don't know what they're going to be doing with Amir Abdullah um, but you know the Viking Vikings Jerk McKinnon uh, pass catching running back actually caught 7 balls for 114 yards last week and they allowed uh, you know this the same Cincinnati team allowed over 100 yards to Love Bell as well the week before and you know Bengals have by far allowed the most rushing yards to running backs this year so um definitely sort of accentuates my interest in Theo Riddick He was dealing with a uh, wrist injury, which, um, you know, could be an issue, but sounds like he'll play. So definitely a couple pieces I like here. And uh, the one other interesting note in this game is that Kenny Galladay actually outsnapped Golden Tate by a few last week. So I don't know if that's something uh, of interest or note to you.
1: Yeah, I actually really like Teon Green at 5100 until I saw that Riddick uh, fully practiced today, that kind of— Dampens my uh, my enthusiasm for Green. I think Amir Abdullah is c- clearly out of favor with the coaches. He played eight sla- eight snaps last week against the Bears. Um, I think they've pretty much realized that he's not going to be the guy, and they- they're kind of moving on to see what they have uh, with Teon Green. Obviously, Theo Rick will get a lot of work. Um, the guy I keep going back to is his price really doesn't go up. Is Marvin Jones at 7,300? Um, obviously, the you know the the Bengals have been struggling right now. They've uh, uh, you know recently with Adam Jones going on IR, they've struggled in the secondary. Jones is just so strong and consistent. He's averaging 86 yards per game since their week seven by, you know, three touchdowns the last five weeks, 64-plus yards in all five of those games. Every time I go away from Jones, he still plays well, and Stafford likes him. He's only 7,300. He gets the deep shots. Um, I like Marvin Jones as a really good floor play this week
2: yeah he always he always seems to be he's got that nose for the end zone even going back to his Cincinnati days uh just yeah like you said really consistent I think in his last five games only one game where he didn't top 80 yards uh and you know he's, he's not getting monster targets you're not really seeing double digit targets out of out of uh, him since the middle of the season but uh the price is good and uh Marvin Jones definitely knows how to work it in the red zone and has great hands
1: yeah, it seems like Stafford, at least a few times a game, just says screw it and throws it up for grabs. And <laughs> Jones is really good at kind of jumping up and, and high-pointing those balls and coming down with them. You mentioned Kenny Dialladay, 5,100. He had five targets last week. He almost always gets a deep shot or two, it seems like. Every time he's healthy and playing, they always take a shot at him. So he's kind of a boomer bust guy. If he connects on that big play, you know, it's huge at 5,100. It's going to be a touchdown if he connects on it. Uh, I think he's a GPP guy for me. Obviously not a cash mm-hmm. play, but you know, someone that you can mix in a little bit. Uh, I wouldn't have a ton of exposure to him, but uh, you know, a few, uh, a few sprinkles here and there on Gallaudet could be interesting if he catches a big one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know me, I've been waiting for Gallaudet week since I missed out in on week one. I think just about everyone did when he had those two touchdowns. And so it's coming. I think he's going to be a force in this league. Uh, that's definitely a, you know, quite the, the, the receiver trio. So very exciting. Uh, what about the Bengals side of the ball? Uh, A.J. Green—he had that tough matchup with uh, Xavier Rhodes last week. Now he's likely going to get that Darius Slay coverage. Um, Andy Dalton, man, 150 yards, two weeks in a row now. Um, you know, be it against tough defenses, but it's a similar situation here against the Lions. So, you know, I don't know how this game is is, is going to go if it's going to go very well for the Bengals at all. So, I'm personally not too enthused about paying up for A.J. Green.
1: Yeah, I'm not either. There's just other receivers I like more. I mean, it's it's a tough matchup with Darius Slay. You know, AJ Green was quiet last week. He had a couple, a uh, couple. He only had four targets. You know, two catches and four targets. It's just crazy that Cincinnati only throws in the ball four times in a game. It just it just makes no sense. But I don't trust Dalton. I don't trust much in the run game. It, it sounds like Joe Mixon's probably going to be back this week. He's probably going to split carries with Gio Bernard. They'll probably bring Mixon back along slowly. They have no reason to really push him. Uh, I think I'm just staying away from the Cincinnati offense this week.
2: Sounds like an absolutely perfect plan to me.
1: So then we have uh, we have the local team, uh, your Rams, headed to Tennessee, headed to Nashville. Rams are six and a half point favorites off that huge win in Seattle, monster game uh, for them in that division, pretty much locked up winning the NFC West unless they really choke. Uh, Over/under of forty eight in this game, so pretty high in this game. Uh, what about the Rams side of the ball? Obviously, uh, you know there's uh, there's gonna be some points for the for the taking here. Are you going back to Todd Gurley? Are you going back to the the, the pass game? Uh, what are you gonna do with the Rams the Rams side?
2: You know, there's just a few pieces, uh, expensive running backs that I like that. I think I am going to be, uh, lower on lower than the field on, on Gurley. I mean, obviously he had that monster game, the four touchdowns last week. He ended up with 43.5 FanDuel points <laughs> at a very reasonable 50, 15% owned in the $33 Sunday bomb. Uh, the thing is, you know, obviously, um, You know, someone like Gurley isn't necessarily matchup proof. Um, You know, he catches a lot of balls out of the backfield. Uh, But Titans are one of the best at stopping the run. They've allowed a league low five rushing touchdowns this year. Um, And uh, they also on the flip side have allowed the second most receiving yards to running back this season. Uh, And then, you know. As you know, only Alvin Kamara has more receiving yards among running backs than Gurley. So, um, you know, definitely not a guy I want to fade altogether. It's just more so uh, based on the other guys in that range that I might like better that are just a little cheaper.
1: Yeah, we talked last few weeks how it seemed like uh, Sean McVay was kind of pulling back the reins on Gurley a little bit. Um, I think they unleashed him fully in this game. It was his first game over 20 carries since week seven. You know, I think they realize they're going to be in the playoffs. They need Gurley to be fresh. I wonder if they go back to maybe easing off on him a little, but they might not need him as much in this game. I'm kind of more interested in the passing game here. Uh, Jared Goff mm-hmm. 7,700. He's been under 200 yards back-to-back weeks, but last week was game flow. There was no reason for him to throw after about the middle of the second quarter. He does have uh, multiple touchdowns in four straight games. Uh, my boy Jimmy G put up uh, uh, you know a lot of yards on them uh, on Tennessee last week in that uh, in that. Third thrilling win Uh the, the Titans have given up four touchdowns on three different occasions to, to quarterbacks. Uh, I kind of like off this week at 7,700. The more I looked at it, the more, uh, more I got into it.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, last week I, I, uh, I did write up Robert Woods. I did play him in my, in my one lineup, nice. um, obviously for, that little Wilson, uh, Jimmy Graham, zero. Um, but uh, yeah, he's, he's the receiver. I'm, I'm most interested in here for the Rams and really didn't, really didn't seem to appear to miss uh, much of a step after, after uh, missing a few games and he caught six of seven targets. He got into the end zone and he's just been golf's most consistent wideout this year. Uh, you know, obviously the, the secondary is is one to target for us against Tennessee. It just has been uh, over, you know, most of the year. Um, and it's, there's a possibility Titans might be without their best corner, Logan Ryan. So, uh, you know, we, we can't really trust Sammy Watkins. He's not anything more than GPP play. Uh, you know, Cooper Cup has been solid when Woods wasn't around. Now that Woods is back, I think he's the main target here.
1: Yeah, Cup only had three targets uh, last week. Again, though, game flow uh, related. I'm I'm okay going back to Cup. I think he'll, he'll see some more targets this week. But Wood seems to be more of the guy. He had seven targets last week. Six catches, 45 yards, and a touchdown. You know, that's 28 targets in the last three games he's played. He clearly seems to be the one with Cup as the two, and, and Watkins kind of the maybe a little bit of red zone, maybe the deep shot guy, uh, you know. But uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not playing Sammy Watkins anywhere myself.
2: Yeah. And it's funny because Robert Woods uh, was somebody I really liked out of college and, you know, thought he was going to be, you know, pretty awesome um, and just really never made it happen. in Buffalo was traded back to his hometown. He is from Los Angeles, um, not far from where they play right now. And so it's uh, really quite the season. It's nice to see him uh, basically step, step it up in his hometown.
1: How about the Titans? you got to figure that they, uh, they're they going to have to try and score to stay in this game. It is a high over-under, even though the Rams are favored. Uh, anything on the Tennessee side of the ball? You know, I like Delaney Walker. I almost always do. Just so consistent. More of a cash game guy. Good super floor. You know, he has between four and six catches for six straight games. He always seems to get uh, 40 to 60 yards. He has a, he now has, I think, three touchdowns in the last five weeks. He scored against uh, the Niners last week. Um, 6400 for Delaney. The price is up a little bit uh, from where it was earlier when we, when we really liked him. But uh, you know the the Rams have given up four touchdowns last two weeks to uh, tight ends. They did eliminate Jimmy Graham last week, but uh, that was just kind of ugliness all around. But uh, what do you like besides Delaney Walker for the Titans? Anybody else that uh, you think about playing?
2: Well, I mean, this like you like you mentioned, this is one of the highest totals of the day at nearly forty nine points, and obviously a lot of that's going to come uh, you know from the Rams side, who've just been a juggernaut on offense. But I'm not I'm not sure if I necessarily foresee a scenario here where the Titans actually uh, keep up here, even if they are at home um you know Mariota did all right against the Niners but that this Rams pass defense is basically a whole different animal you know ranked third in the league um really solid and so um you know this is a potential for a game stack in a in a tournament um you know mostly with Rams players of course um and then you probably would be looking on the other end to, to either go with Delaney Walker or Richard Matthews who's basically you know Mariota's other favorite target and when he's playing he's solid um, you know, but 6,400 for Delaney, uh, can't, can't really go against that. The only thing for me is I would, you know, Kelsey is just too cheap. He's 7,000. I'd yeah. rather pay the 600 extra for him over Delaney.
1: Yeah. I agree with you on, on Kelsey there, but I like Matthews also. I'm surprised he's still under 6,000. He's 5,700 this week, you know, six catches for 95 yards and a touchdown last week on eight targets. He had four catches of 20 plus yards, really had a, a really an explosive game, uh, the Rams second I killed the Seattle wide receivers last week but I, you know that was more that Seattle just couldn't block anybody you know the week before Torrey Smith got 100 on this against this defense and they've uh, the Rams have allowed 98 plus yards to four receivers last six weeks so they've uh, they have not been that good against receivers they've been uh, they've been kind of middle of the pack uh, they are they are the top 10 in Fanduel points allowed but a little bit le- a little bit leaking lately uh, Rashard Matthews seems underpriced to me at 5700 I think I'm gonna have a, a good amount of him this week
2: Yeah way too cheap Uh, the last piece I'll I'll talk about in this game is I'm just briefly touch on it is the Rams defense Uh, 4600 just always feel like a threat for a pick six Uh, and you know Mariota just hasn't been the same guy this year Uh, I can almost guarantee you at least one interception Um, don't don't know if they'll necessarily take it back but uh, you never know Um, so Rams defense 4600 way too cheap.
1: Yeah, if they can get any pressure on Mariota, I think he'll make some bad passes. He's he's had a lot of games this year where he has not looked good. He has he has multiple four interception games. He has two of those which are really ugly. Um, I think the Rams D at uh, forty eight hundred. I, I like that play too. Yep. Uh, next game we've got uh, Miami. Miami headed to Kansas City. Kansas City had struggled. Finally on Miami. the Miami. Uh, Miami finally back on back <laughs> on track um two big wins last uh, couple weeks they had a really big win against the uh, chargers this week that was pretty much for the division that was a, that was a huge uh, huge statement game in that division um starting with the visitors miami is a 10 point underdog headed to arrowhead over under a 44. Um, I think the main question in this game is what you do with Kenyon Drake. He's been really good three straight weeks now. Uh, he was 16 for 78 last week, but he had six catches also and scored a touchdown. He just looks good. He had a, he had a 30-yard run that I, that I was watching where you know the hole wasn't there. He bounced it outside, kind of made it all himself, and ran for 30 or 35 yards. Um, the only concern on Drake, obviously game script. They're 10-point underdogs. They may have to throw the second half. And Damian Williams might be back this week, although I think that Drake has pretty much solidified himself at the, at the top of that food chain.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess if I had to choose, um, you know, for me, if, if I wanted to get some exposure to the Dolphins, I'd probably more likely go with uh, Jarvis Landry, who's actually one of my favorite receivers on the day. Uh, you've got Devontae Parker, who's, uh, you know, basically a quintessential bust and not practicing same injury that uh, that Shocker. has plagued him. Uh, I'm, a shock, couple of, I'm shocked yeah. that
1: Devontae Parker is not practicing.
2: You know, so so for me, um, you know, Jarvis Landry, I think he's in a great matchup uh, potential with, you know, with the with. The Chiefs uh, 10 point favorites here and, and, uh, you know, Cutler probably having to chase them from behind, Um, you know, just really nice spot. Uh, Steven Nelson is their slot corner there for the Chiefs. He's a bottom eight slot corner on the year. Um, you know, I have no problem loading up on somebody like Landry and cash. I think he can basically uh, sort of end the season on a really high note. Um, I know we do have one more week next week. But uh, yeah, if, I, if I'm planning on game stacking one with like a Smith Kelsey Hill type of thing or, or getting Hunt in there, um, Landry is probably who I would want on the way back.
1: Yeah, I really like Landry this week, too. The Chiefs are allowing 30.2 FanDuel points to wide receivers, a third worst in the NFL um, they had they gave up two hundred yard receivers to the Jets in week thirteen. They were better the last couple of weeks. It seems like Marcus Peters has kind of uh, kind of awoken and, and and kind of found his motivation again. He was kind of sleeping through the middle of the season. Um, he threw that flag and he kind of kind of woke him up with a suspension. But mm-hmm. great game script, sixty eight hundred for Landry. You know, thirteen more targets last week. Dude is a PPR beast. I think he's either fifth or sixth overall among wide receivers in PPR and season long leagues.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolute beast and on the Chiefs side. I mean, man, you got to love these guys for DFS. I mean, there's always something in play here. Uh, you know, Kareem Hunt or Hill Kelsey like every single week. And, you know, it almost seems like we shouldn't worry too much about rostering Kelsey or Tyreek when the Chiefs are big favorites. I mean, these guys just have such tremendous big playability. They can almost give you your three X uh, their salary by halftime. So um, do you have a favorite here among these guys this week?
1: Um, I think mine's Kareem Hunt. Uh, just based on the fact that since they changed the play calling, Andy Reid gave it up to the offensive coordinator. They just finally used him. It was just so weird. I mean, his usage was so poor for so long. It wasn't that he was that bad. He was struggling a little bit, but he just wouldn't get the ball. Twenty-five and twenty-four carries the last two weeks. Um, you know, the volume is just finally back. He had nine targets last week too. I probably don't see that happening if them uh, with them being ahead in this game. But great game script for a running back. You know, home game, ten-point favorites, any game they need to win. Uh, the Mammy Rundy played pretty well last week. They held Deshaun McCoy to 50 yards, but I just think this is a a, a perfect setup for Hunt overall, 8,300.
2: Yeah, and I think coming off last week's game, you're going to see Hunt as one of the most popular running back plays yeah, I uh, do of too. the day. Yeah, you know, monster outing. I mean, it's over 200 yards from scrimmage, two touchdowns, whatnot. Uh, And the Dolphins, I mean, they do get beat up more often by the pass and rank middle of the pack against the run. But, I mean, it's a solid matchup for Hunt, nevertheless, especially if the Chiefs get off to the big lead. Um, You know, the thing here is he is the same price as Ingram and Zeke Elliott. So, you know, unless you've got people playing, you know, people planning to to, to, to pay for two of those three, you may actually see Hunt's ownership somewhat reasonable in tournaments, maybe somewhere in the 20 percent range.
1: Yeah, I think that sounds about right. It, it, getting Hunt and Zeke in, or Hunt and Ingram, or Hunt and Fournette, whatever it may be, uh, it gets pretty tough. Uh, depending on who you're playing at quarterback, there's not a there's not a Nick Foles six thousand kind of punt quarterback play that's going you to throw four touchdowns for you that you can slide in like you could uh, before. Oh, but, there might uh, be. Oh, you, there well,
2: might be. It'll be very dangerous, but there are might. Are are you going <laughs> are you going
1: Drew Stanton on me? Uh, uh, TBD all right Um, but I think like you said earlier Travis Kelsey I just think is too cheap at 7,000 he's always active he was active last week with six catches only 46 yards but they've been focusing on him recently 28 targets last three weeks the only issue with him again is game script if they get up you know 14 17 they just may not throw it much in the second half but um, you know Miami's allowing 12.1 Fandle points per game to tight ends fifth worst in the NFL Um, I think Kelsey could uh, could get his value in the first half
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. He's my favorite tight end, uh, you know, very, you know, right off the bat. And, and I really don't have a problem eating the chalk. Um, I'm not going to do that at every position, but this is one of the spots uh, I just feel comfortable paying up for.
1: Did you like, uh, did you like Tyreek running right by your boy Casey Hayward last week?
2: Yeah. Hey, it happens once in a blue moon, I
1: guess. Literally just ran right by him. Tyreek has some crazy jets. (laughs) I tell you what, that dude is fast, but, um, and he's one of those guys, you know, huge boomer bust guy. It's all if he hits that big one, you know, they always are going to take a couple of deep shots to him. He has, uh, you know, been a monster the last three weeks. 75 yards in each game, 185-yard game in there, three touchdowns. Um, but, uh, you know, Miami's pretty good against uh, against wide receivers. So I think this is a week where I'm probably going to go with uh, Kelsey and Hunt uh, in, in more focused on than, than Tyreek.
2: Yep. I'm with you, man.
1: I, uh, I love the Chiefs' defense this week. One of my two favorite defenses, down at 4,500. They're really coming on Ooh. the last couple weeks. They struggled for a long time, but – Last two weeks, five sacks, seven turnovers combined. You know, again, my favorite formula. They're home against a, a shaky quarterback. Jay Cutler likes to, to give it to the team. They're a big favorite. Nice price. Um, the Dolphins have thrown 10 interceptions the last five weeks. Uh, I think the Chiefs oh. might sneak under a little a little bit under the radar because everybody knows that their D has not been very good for a while. Um, but I, I think they're sneaking coming on right. I think it's a perfect time to play them.
2: Yeah, and what's the, uh, the game they're coming off of? Um, uh, I know that was the Buffalo game, but uh, you know, that was an impressive game against the, the Patriots and you really never know what Cutler will show up. And if it's DGAF Cutler, um, <laughs> Kansas city is a great play this week.
1: Is it, is it, is it ever um, DAF Cutler?
2: Uh, once in a blue, uh, you know, it happened a couple weeks ago. It happened against the division rival. That
1: That is um, true. You know,
2: really, Real, just realizing that uh, this is sort of the end of the road. I mean, you know, he's not coming back for another season. So, um, would, that's uh, the thing about him.
1: Let's uh let's just let's hope know. let's hope not. Yeah, um, exactly. moving on, that was a good that was a good segue. The next game is the Patriots. Uh Buffalo headed to New England. New England 12 point favorites in this game. Over under pretty good 47. Um obviously we got a lot talked about on the New England side, but what about the Buffalo side? You know, um LeSean McCoy's 8600 always scary with a running back with that big of a uh, is, is that big of an underdog, but He's one of those guys that always gets volume. If they're losing, he's gonna get uh, he's gonna get passes. If they're the game's close, and get a lot of runs. He has twenty plus touches in four straight games. The Patriots have allowed a hundred plus yard rusher in the last two weeks. Uh, are you interested in McCoy at all? The price is pretty high.
2: Yes, I am. It's just the you know just so much I love there that it's you know it's good it's going to be time for me to take a stand. Uh, you know, and again, it's a pretty huge spread and things didn't work out for, you know, well for McCoy in week 13, as the bills got pounded 23 to three. He did run well in that game. He accumulated 93 yards on, on just 15 carries. So that was over six yards per carry, but he just didn't get his usual workload or, you know, put up as many fantasy points since that game was pretty much over early. Right. Um, I do think he is a little sneaky this week. I think he's going to get overlooked with girly, you know, with Zeke back girly balling, you know, hunt, looking sharp. So, um, definitely more of a GPP play. Uh, I think I'm going to do multiple lineups this week. I want to have him in and I don't mind actually pairing him, um, with sort of the contrarian, uh, you know, with his quarterback, Tyrod Taylor, uh, hoping that they may be able to make some music together on a couple of big plays. Yeah.
1: I got to think at that price, McCoy's gotta be like 5% owned this week.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, but that's about it for me, uh, on the Patriot side. I do like Tyrod a little bit. Um, and I like McCoy, uh, you know, played clay last week where he was cheap uh over on DraftKings, but uh you know besides that probably not going back to clay this week
1: yeah nine targets last week uh 68 yards mm-hmm. that was a that was a pretty good little play right there could be a good game flow tyrod likes to check down to him when they when they need to pass but i just think there's other tight ends that i'm probably gonna go with over charles clay
2: yeah it's it's the revenge narrative man it happens every year it's uh there's no timeline on it he hasn't played uh, for the Dolphins in three years, but hey, um, you know sometimes you
1: just it's a good want di- to it's stick a good, it to your a, old team. It's a good thing they're playing the Patriots this week, then.
2: Exactly. <laughs> no clay. <laughs> um,
1: so no, uh, last week. Last
2: week was the Dolphins, right? Yes, last I'm week. I'm Last, that week, narrative. Was your, last okay. week was your narrative. Okay. I'm not. Um, I'm not crazy.
1: Okay, no, thank you um, Tom Brady, 8600 this week. You know, threw for 298 yards against Pittsburgh. Looked really good in the last drive, but. Um, it was a tough road matchup, and only one touchdown. He now has two touchdowns total over the last three weeks. It's just crazy to say with Brady. You know, for season-long leagues, he's been killing people. This is the, just the wrong time for him to go cold. Seems like he's getting a lot of pressure. He's getting hit a lot the last three or four weeks, making support throws. That last drive, he hit Gronk and Stride twice. That was just beautiful passes. Um, he was only 21-30 uh, for 258 yards last time they played Buffalo in Week 13. He can always go off. They're big favorite, which hurts the game script. What the heck do you do with Brady right now at 8600? I, I hate to write him off, but, uh, I don't know.
2: Yeah. I think there was some, some, uh, a tweet that, uh, Andy Barons, uh, our buddy from Yahoo po- uh, pointed out uh, how bad Brady has been. Um, you know, basically, um, pulling some fantasy sabotage over the last few years where <laughs> like in the stretch where people really need him uh, has put up some bad lines and, you know, between weeks 14 to 16. Um, yeah, it's really strange. He's, uh, he's really starting to seem to play up to his age for the first time ever. Um, you now got, three straight subpar performances, um, stat wise, at least where he's averaging just 12, uh, FanDuel points per game since week 13. And so I don't know, perhaps this Achilles injury is bothering him. Um, you know, he's really lucky. He's got Gronk there who just continues to be a beast and totally matchup proof. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, you can, you can probably see Brady doing the reverse at like low ownership, just like going off and, and throwing for five touchdown passes. I could totally see it. <laughs> that's um, that's, so I'm gonna have that's a my
1: concern. As you get to, you know, we're talking next week about. Oh, as soon as we counted him out, he pulled you right back in with a five touchdown game. I just, you know, it's there. I just, it's been, it's been three weeks mm-hmm. in a row though.
2: Yeah, and so I mean, for me, um, I would you know if I'm paying up for quarterback this week, I'm going back to the Wilson. Well, I'm going to pay that 400 extra. I'm actually kind of bummed that he's up uh, so high priced, um, but obviously you know the, that salary was in place before uh, that game finished off. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, I want to have a little Brady. I'm doing multiple lineups. If I'm playing just three lineups, I probably won't have him um, this week. For me, Dion Lewis. I mean, this is yep. a guy solid solid cash game play. I'm sure you like him as well. But uh, you know it you know likely. You know, just how cheap he is, how big uh, favorites the Patriots are, and, uh, how bad the Bills run defense is, no Burkhead, just so much in play. I can totally see him being chalk. And then mm. I could see Mike Gillisley being activated against his old team and just vulturing the hell out of him. Um, <laughs> what do you see with the situation here?
1: Yeah, it just feels a little bit too, uh, too well laid out. You know, Buffalo's dead last in Fandle points allowed to running backs at 24.9. They've allowed 16 rushing touchdowns, which is easily the most in the NFL. They've allowed almost 1,600 yards rushing, their second uh, second most in yards allowed. Lewis is 6,700. Like you said, Burke heads out. I think it's pretty clear that James White will be catching passes, but Lewis is the main running back. But like you said, if they make Gillisley active, you can see him vulturing some touchdowns. I just feel like a, a Patriots running back being chalk is always, always a scary situation. No,
2: absolutely. Absolutely. And I got burned last week in a season-long, uh, you know, with Rex Burkhead after a couple of big weeks, he's been scoring a lot of touchdowns. Um, he did get in early uh, into the end zone, but then he was basically knocked out for the rest of the game. And so, yeah, I mean, it's a constant carousel, always dangerous. And so, um, you know, for that reason alone, um, as a matter of fact, I'll, I'll probably be picking up some, uh, some Gillis Lee in, uh, in, in some season longs as well, where um, I have some shaky RB two situations.
1: Yeah, I'm not going that far in Gillislee. I've uh, I've written him off for this year, but I'm I think the thing with Deion Lewis is that he's really good. Three of the last four games, you know, 15 carries or less, but 112 yards, 92 yards, 67 yards. If they just give him the ball in this game, I think he's going to be just nasty. But I just don't trust Belichick to not have Brady throw four touchdowns. This is always such a hard um, hard team to get a grasp on who's going to get that uh, that red zone work, but. It, it all lines up really well for Deion Lewis. And if he goes off, it's gonna, he's going to hurt if you don't have him he's going to be high percentage.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's simply, uh, you know, you just pop him in there for cash. He really, uh, for cash lineups, really helps make your lineup uh, work well. And then you just, uh, you know, switch it up in uh, in, in tournaments where, where he's likely to be, you know, 25, 30% or higher.
1: What about, uh, what about Gronk at 8,400? He was uh, he was nine catches for 147 yards against these Bills um, before he did the, gave the, the people's elbow to that dude and got suspended. Then he was a uh, beast last week, nine for 168 against the Steelers, 70 yards on that final drive, including that crazy catch that almost hit the ground that pretty much saved the game. Just an amazing catch. Dude has insane hands, which is crazy because he dropped a short touchdown earlier in the game. That would have been an easy touchdown, but... 8,400 Gronk is, like you said, matchup proof. He loves going off against the Bills. Um, You know, might have Mm -hmm. a little bit of extra juice in this game after what he did to one of their players. You wonder if it might get a little chippy. But 8,400 is tough to fit in if you want to pay up at quarterback or pay up at running back. But uh, what do you do with Gronk this week? Are you going to be playing him a lot, a little bit, uh, or run it all?
2: Uh, I will play him on my team with Brady. Uh, if if I am, I do want to have a tournament team with the two of those guys in case they do connect for three touchdowns, um, you know, for many of the reasons that you said, Uh, So, yeah, I mean, for me, I just think otherwise he's hard to fit in. Like I probably won't have him in cash. uh, Most likely go with Kelsey there. Um, And, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously he can go off at any time, but you're paying a premium for him and you're likely having to go a little cheaper uh, on the running backs and and, and skip uh, some of those top dogs there.
1: Yeah. Um, Before we get to the next game, which is a really fun one, a real quick read from our sponsor, FanDuel.com. Uh, fancy football fans, football is almost over, which means uh, it's time to jump in and play some Fanduel before the season ends. Fanduel is fancy football for everyday fans. New contests starting every week. No busted seasons. There was no. Uh, there was no David Johnson crying in Fanduel this year. There's something for everyone. Lots of contests to choose from, starting at just one dollar. Just pick your contest, choose your team, and watch your score add up in real time. Uh, it's especially fun to, you know this time of year. Most teams are done in their season-long leagues, so it's a good time to jump into FanDuel and uh, keep the fantasy action going. It'll actually go through the playoffs, too. You can play all the way up until the Super Bowl uh, on FanDuel. Over 2.5 million players have won a cash prize playing on FanDuel. To take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at fanduel.com. You will get a free six-month Rotowire subscription plus a free entry into the NFL Sunday Million, which offers more than $1 million in cash prizes, all with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash RW, void where prohibited. So the big game of the day in terms of points and scoring and uh, what it means for the standings is the uh, Atlanta Falcons heading into the uh, Superdome to face the New Orleans Saints. Saints are fared by 5.5 at the moment, over under a 52.5. Um, this game was a little bit disappointing. They played two weeks ago on a Thursday night. Uh, the game was only twenty to seventeen. Went way under the number. I think the Thursday night played into that somewhat. Uh, Alvin Kamara got hurt. That hurt the scoring too. Uh, starting on the on the Falcons side of the ball, uh, what do you like?
2: Well, first of all, I mean, people need to remember is uh, you know that the Saints have really become a, a run first team. And, I mean, it yep. g- goes without saying. And the Falcons also. I mean, they like to really control time of possession and, and go have, run heavy as well. Uh, and Freeman's looking really good. Uh, he's he's at a really good price. And so, yes, this is a high uh, total. But even last game, I mean, they were running it. You know, none. Uh, you know, both teams were running in nearly sixty percent mark. Um, so. You know, it, it, it is going to be a heavy-dominated run game, and I think for that reason, um, you know, I am interested in Devonta Freeman. Um, beasted last week, hitting nearly 200 yards from scrimmage, dropped 27.9 FanDuel points on the Bucks. He's looking svelte and healthy, um, and he looked good against the Saints in the previous week. He found the end zone against him, carved him up for 91 yards on 24 carries. Um, and, you know, just the way that things play out here where, uh, you know, that you've got those – Guys, Ken Crawley and, and Lattimore, who are just really good, those perimeter corners, um, you know, locking those guys down. I think most of the action here, most of the points are going to come from Freeman and Mohamed Sanu. That
1: uh, that move Freeman put on the uh, Buccaneers' uh, safety the other night was nasty to end that game. Nasty. Um, what about Matt Ryan? 7,700, obviously the over-under is good. Great game script, but like you said, kind of run-dominant team. They've had some weird play calling. You know, Matt Ryan last year, seven times, threw for three or more touchdowns in a game, has still not done it once this year.
2: Yeah, uh, for me, Ryan is probably a no-go. Um, I, I actually expect this game to go a, a little under. I can actually see that line dropping from 52.5 down, uh, you know, maybe a point, point and a half over the next couple of days. Um, and then Julio, I mean, he's the priciest receiver on the slate. Uh, I do think he's going to be fairly low owned. He's just not getting into the end zone. Um, he scored once, uh, in just one game. In, in in his last eight in, just once in his last eight games of course it was a two touchdown game uh and he did do all right against Lattimore uh, two weeks ago uh, or in mostly Lattimore coverage but he managed 98 yards against the saints two weeks ago but those came on just five catches of 11 targets so um you know it, it's julio and coming off the stinker you know he's always in play but i think that that latimore coverage and sort of his lack of effectiveness in the red zone um i think it limits his upside somewhat
1: yeah, I just had that weird sneaky suspicion in my head that everybody's talking about these teams running the ball and how much they run the ball. I just wonder if we finally get one of these shootouts with the Saints that we've been waiting for all year long.
2: Yeah, I mean, listen, either way, we're stacking this game. Um, you know, you need to have at least one stack in this game. Um, but, you know, I do think that a lot of these touchdowns are going to come from the running backs this week.
1: Yeah, it's funny. We look at the Saints side of the ball, and Drew Brees last week, you know, 291 yards, two touchdowns, kind of one of those – Again, the same kind of thing, you know, does well but doesn't go off. But he lost two touchdowns on Mike on Michael Thomas uh, reversals. One where he barely his knee was barely or his like arm was elbow was barely down. Another one he couldn't get his feet in the back of the end zone. But you know that could have been three hundred yards and four touchdowns really easily. And we're talking or t- then maybe we're talking about Drew Brees finishing really strong. But he still only has three plus touchdowns in one game. He had eight of those last week. It's mm-hmm. it's weird how similar he and Ryan are in terms of the uh, the lack of touchdown passes. But like you said, both of these teams have kind of changed how they play a little bit. Uh, Jameis Winston did have, you know, 290 plus yards and three touchdowns on Atlanta last week, but some of that was in garbage time. Your boy Adam Humphrey's cut a touchdown. I'm sure you enjoyed that. Um, But Atlanta's allowed multiple passing touchdowns in three straight. Are you playing Breeze at all at 8,400 or are you just kind of uh, going somewhere else?
2: No, I'm going somewhere else. Uh, You know, even, you know, Michael Thomas, I mean, this dude is weekly cash game cha-ching. I mean, especially lately. Absolute target monster, pretty much the focal point of the pass game. Um, you know, outside of Kamara, when Ingram brings a long one too. Uh, but his price is up to eighty-two hundred. He's the third most expensive on this guy on the slate. Um, but it always seems to be worth it. You know, he scored in three straight great games. Um, you know, was over, over the last two games, he's averaging one hundred receiving yards. Uh, and you know, there's just really no one else. I mean, you know, y- there's no Fleener. I mean, not that Fleener was any good to begin with. But you know, the rest of these guys are just you know, whoever's you know, Ted Ginn, Josh Hill, Willie Sneed, just no one really I'm interested in I I'm really focused in on um you know if I am going with Breeze I'll likely go you know, you know pair him up with uh with Kamara and Thomas in a, in a full PPR uh type of game like DK if I'm doing a game stack on this one.
1: Oh Willie Sneed. what could have been.
2: Oh yeah. We we have him in our in our Stopa team or at, at least we did expecting big 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 uh, big things from him huh? That
1: uh that that worked out swimmingly. Nothing like getting suspended before the season even starts. That was fun. Um, So what about the Saints running backs? If you have to pick one, um, you know Ingram's eighty three hundred, Kamara's eighty five hundred. You know the Saints' game plan when they played the Falcons last time. It looked like it was gonna be heavy Kamara. He was heavily involved in the first drive, but then he got the concussion. He was out. So, but I mean they were they were throwing him screens. They were handing the ball. He would look really involved. He returned with eighteen touches last week. He was only twelve for forty four and running, but he did have. Six catches for forty-five yards and a touchdown receiving. You know, obviously the uh, the Atlanta defense has been pretty good though. They haven't allowed a running back over eighty yards since Week Six. Uh, Mark Ingram last week had that fifty-yard run, but other than that, he was like eleven for twenty-four running the ball. So he really needed that late run to 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 break it open. Uh, Do you have a do you have a running back preference in this game if you are going to go with the Saints back?
2: Yes, for me this week it's Kamara. Um, Last week I just happened to get lucky. It was Ingram. He did end up with you know having more points. Uh, But, you know, again, both played great last week, um, you know, combined for nearly 48 FanDuel points. And uh, these Falcons, I mean, they rank 30th against the run. It's, you know, that part of the defense that is sort of their clearest weakness. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's an opportunity where you can basically deploy both if you if you really want to. Um, But, yeah, I do have a slight uh, preference for Kamara this week.
1: Yeah, it's it's tough to figure out uh, who to play week to week on that team. I think I agree with you on Kamara this week. I really liked Ingram last week, just the way the game set up for him to kind of uh, – with as a big favorite, although they didn't end up winning by that much. But to have him to kind of milk it late, which worked really well. But it needs to be a fun game. Atlanta, Atlanta needs this one a little more than the Saints do, but the Saints obviously want to uh, finish off this division. Uh, I'm looking forward to watching this game.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Uh, the L.A. Chargers off their uh, really bad loss to the Chiefs. They did not show up on Saturday night at all. They're going to New York to face the Jets. Chargers are six-and-a-half-point favorite in this game, over under 42 and a 42-and-a-half. Um, I like the Chargers' offense to bounce back in a big way this week. Uh, one of my favorite offenses. Uh, how do you feel about that?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, this isn't your typical, uh, you know, exciting Charger game because of the opponent. Uh, they are traveling cross-country back east for an early game, but, you know, they are fighting for the playoffs. Uh, Phil, Phil Rivers is playing with a chip on his shoulder all season long. Uh, you know, he wants to bring a championship home for his nine children and his wife. <laughs> and, uh, you know, unfortunately no, no Hunter Henry. He hits the IR with a kidney injury, uh, which means we're probably going to see a scenario and people are already talking about it all week is, uh, Antonio Gates, uh, getting love as a cash game play at min salary. Uh, I think, I think surprising. he's going to be
1: chalky, especially DraftKings. Oh. He's 2,500.
2: Oh yeah, it would be Oof. yeah. He's he's locked into a ton of lineups. Uh, that's some chalk that I would eat. So it's not surprising at all to see this duo hook up for at least a touchdown. You know,
1: I'm uh, I'm spitting out that chalk. I want no part of it. I think Gates does nothing.
2: Oh, I like it. Yeah, the I'm contrarian. Going, uh, uh, gent I uh, I,
1: uh, I love the Rivers Keenan Allen uh, matchup or, or matching them together this week. Keenan Allen mm-hmm. had that scary injury last week. He got carted off the back injury, but it sounds like he's fine. Uh, I want to read more about that, but it sounds like, you know, obviously there'd be a little bit of risk if that he could do something to do that again. But it sounds like he's fine. They say he's going to play. He had 100-plus yards in four straight games before the 54 yards last week. Um, the uh, the Jets have allowed 80 at least 80 yards to a receiver in, in six straight games. Um, the only concern is game flow if they get up, but only six-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Uh, you know, maybe they don't blow them out. I, I love Rivers and Allen this week matched up.
2: Yeah, I mean, Keenan Allen is the second priciest receiver on the slate. Uh, yep. I was worried about him yesterday or on a, on Tuesday, wondering if he would actually play. Uh, but he, he did practice on Wednesday. Sounds like he's going to be good to go. And the matchup just doesn't get any better. I mean, the Jets uh, secondary they rank third to last against number one whiteouts and they've also allowed 27 p- passing touchdowns on the year which is second worst behind only uh, you guessed it the New York Giants.
1: Uh, nice. Got to love New York. They've uh, playing a lot of defense uh, in a, in a state this year. Between <laughs> That's right. between them between them and then the you got the Bills over in New York uh, giving up the most run yards. It's 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 not good.
2: Yeah. And then, and then what about Melvin Gordon? Um, love, you know love. probably somewhat of an You do. okay, because somewhat of an afterthought, probably for some people, given his price tag uh, on the road, somewhat a difficult matchup. Um, I do. You know, we do sort of know and have seen those insane splits with uh, with Gordon, at least earlier on in the year, um, how he had some duds at home and just sort of goes nutty on the road. And now Austin Eckler is going to be out of this game. So this might give him uh, a few more carries, perhaps a few more targets this week.
1: Yeah, I think uh, the, my problem in this game is going to be figuring out, uh, you know, whether to go with Rivers and Allen together, whether to go with Gordon. I think on some teams I'll do one side and some teams I'll go with the other. But uh, Melvin Gordon, 22 cut touches or more per game since their Week 9 bye. Just the volume is insane. He's not super efficient. The yards per carry is not good. But, you know, they give him the ball in the passing game. He had six catches last week against uh, against the Chiefs. Uh, still scored a touchdown in that game, and they got, and they got smoked pretty badly. Uh, The Jets have another 100-yard rusher since week one is my only trepidation, but I just think the volume involved with Gordon and a really good game script, I really like him this week.
2: Yeah, that sounds good. What about the Jets? I mean, I personally, I'm interested in absolutely no one, uh, especially with Bryce Petty under uh, under center. It's already a tough matchup, as is for the pass offense against these Chargers, and it makes somebody like Robbie Anderson, who's actually limited in practice this week, um, sort of unplayable um, with that Casey Hayward coverage. So, uh, I think the only guy I would remotely consider um, and even then some probably not is Bilal Powell uh, simply because the chargers stink against opposing runners. Um, but I would use Powell on like, you know, my 10th team or something like that if I thought the jets were able to hang in this one. Um, but yeah, he's the primary back. Ma- Matt Forte does mix in often, uh, you know, a little, a little Elijah McGuire. Um, so that hinders my love a little bit for Bilal, but for the most part, no jets for me.
1: Yeah. The one guy I looked at with Robbie Anderson, but he's still 7,200 and, you know, Bryce Petty, uh, is playing quarterback, but Petty, I, he does lock in on him. He uh, When when Petty's played, 29% of his targets go to Robbie Anderson. On the rest of the year, Anderson's targeted about 23% of the time. So Bryce Petty does lock into him. It's kind of the only thing that I think is interesting. I think Anderson at 7,200 is an interesting GPP play. I think he'll be low percentage. He's going to, uh, he's gonna, like you said, he's going to go with Casey Hayward. Last week he had Marshawn Lattimore, had 12 targets, only five catches. I think Robbie Anderson's an interesting GPP play guy just because of the fact that Petty's going to lock in on him.
2: Yeah, and I think the most important thing here is just to make sure that he is good to go because yeah, sure. uh, he is dealing with a couple injuries, uh, the hamstring and a hip. So uh, obviously the hammy could be a big deal, but uh, Robbie Anderson has been quite the surprise this season.
1: Yeah, I really like the Chargers defense too at 4,900. You know, good pass rush against an inex- inexperienced quarterback. Um, they struggled against Kansas City, but they had held a, you know, to cut three teams in a row under 300 yards before that. Petty threw two picks last week. I think I think the Chargers could score a touchdown on defense this week.
2: Uh, absolutely. And you'll probably see between them and the Bears uh, ca- uh, covering a lot of the chalk this week.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. Um, a game that's not really interesting. Denver headed to Washington, two teams with disappointing seasons this year, two teams that had playoff aspirations to start of the year. But uh, that's kind of blown up on them. Washington fared by three and a half over under 41. On the Denver side, uh, I have some interest in Demaryius Thomas only if Brock Osweiler pays. If Paxton Lynch plays, I don't have any interest in touching anybody there. Uh, General Manager John Elway said today that he's not going to announce a starter until later in the week, so I have no idea what's going on here. Demaryius does have 30 targets the last three weeks. It's 6,500, he's interested in me if Osweiler plays, but that's about it on the side of the ball.
2: Yeah, I mean, this game doesn't interest me much at all for DFS. Uh, you know, these are two teams that are actually pretty solid defensively, uh, not a lot of exciting offensive pieces to use. Uh, and it's probably a game I'm probably going to avoid entirely uh, if I was uh, to touch someone on this team. Um, not literally, but that would be with <laughs> Brock Osweiler under center and not Paxton Lynch, as you said, as well. Um Emmanuel Sanders, uh, he's just been horrendous. Um, he has not been full strength and I think that's part of the issue there. And also the, uh, you know, musical chairs, a quarterback. Um, and with Demarius Thomas, for me, it just really depends if, uh, Josh Norman is going to, uh, be shadowing him because I do think that would make a difference and sort of limit his upside. And so, you know, between Sanders dealing with this ankle injury and, and, and Norman possibly on Thomas, you know, the passing game, just, you know, no, thank you.
1: Got to give a little props to your boy CJ Anderson, though. It only took till week 15, but he he finally had a good game. Uh, game.
2: uh, Yeah, for me on my bench, like I would play CJ Anderson, which, ironically, you and I in the RotoWire uh, Vegas League that we drafted in the company annual trip, um, which I beat you out by a Matt Bryan um, field goal miss. Yep. And so I'm going to the playoffs. You actually played CJ Anderson for this monster back from the dead game uh, 30 carries, 158 yards.
1: Yeah, it was uh, more of an aspect of uh, not having very good running backs, but it was, uh, it was good to see a good game. But the Washington side of the ball, um, Samaj P. runs only 6,000, but his last three weeks, 12 for 38, 17 for 45, 14 for 37, that's revolting.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, for me, just it's not necessarily uh, Perrine. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the run D just um, – Playing against this run defense just does not inspire much confidence for me. Um, you know, P. Ryan is—he's uh, over on DraftKings. He's forty-three hundred. He's dirt cheap. You'll probably see a little bit of ownership there with him. But uh, you know, only being able to play two running backs um, in this in in our setup here on FanDuel, um, I just don't know if I can go there. Um, what about Vernon Davis? Um, sketchy of late. He's averaging twenty receiving yards in his last four games. Uh, is there is that somebody you would consider at all um, this week A tight end?
1: No, not really. I think there's enough tight ends that uh, that I'm okay with. It. I don't need to pay him, and he's six thousand. It's not like he's cheap in any way. And yeah. he's, you know, he's averaging like fifteen yards a game the last four weeks. So I just, I just don't want that. Um, he's had two recep, six receptions total the last four weeks. The only guy mm. I might play is Jamison Crowder, but he's sixty nine hundred. I don't want to go against the Denver secondary if I don't have to. But he's the best chance at targets. I like him more in PPR, but I think I'm just gonna stay away from this game for the most part. Demarius Thomas is my, like my only guy, and that's if Osweiler plays.
2: Yeah. And, and I, and Ryan Grant is probably going to, you know, score a touchdown. seems like he always does. Um, But I, I mean, again, I I just can't play him um, unless I'm doing 150 lineups.
1: Yeah, I hear you there. Um, Interesting game in Carolina. Tampa Bay headed to Carolina over under a a 46.5. Carolina's fared by 10. You know, Tampa Bay has been the defense to pick on all year long. That has not changed uh, very much as the season's gone along. But on the Tampa Bay side, uh, Mike Evans finally had a pretty good game last week. Five catches, 79 yards. Jameis really forced him the ball. He had two long catches negated by his own pass interference. He pushed off. One was a touchdown. One was a long play. That was his first touchdown since week seven. I can't believe Mike Evans has not topped 100 yards all year long
2: unbelievable man he's it probably is. gonna be a great value ne- next year uh, with a you know Winston fully healthy he'll probably fall to like late second round or something like that in season long leagues and uh, you know could end up being a good value but uh, you know I mean Winston I mean I think he looked pretty solid on Monday night uh, against the Falcons he completed 27 to 35 passes uh, 299 yards three touchdowns uh, and basically his best effort in, in, in three games since missing a whole month of action and he's cheap you know he's 7100 um, but Part of what's baked in there on the price is this matchup with the Panthers. And, you know, his worst performance uh, of the season came against these Panthers in late October. I mean, he had a fumble, you know, two interceptions, no touchdown passes. Um, you know, Panthers are definitely they fare better against the run. They've got a nearly 10 point spread here. And we may have a situation where Winston will have to do work in the second half. But he's going to be without a couple of his weapons as well. Uh, probably no Deshaun Jackson and, and almost certainly no O.J. Howard.
1: So what uh, what do you do with Chris Godwin then? Min price forty five hundred seems like an interesting uh, punt play. Should be should see some targets with no OJ Howard and no Deshaun Jackson.
2: Oh, what I do with him, I play him. He is yeah, my, uh, my, my, my 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 he's my cheap pick uh, uh, of the day. Uh, it's pretty much Evans, um, you know Cameron Brate. I'm over Adam Humphreys. That, that uh, ship has sailed. Uh, <laughs> Finally, I'm all about the I'm all about the Godwin trade, man. This guy uh, he's somebody I'm gonna be targeting in season long leagues next year for sure.
1: Yeah, and he kind of passes the eye test. He, he makes some good, makes some good plays, makes some good catches. Um, at forty five hundred, it's uh, you got to think the targets alone is is enough to to slot him in a lot of lineups.
2: Pretty, pretty good.
1: So we've got Carolina going against this bad Tampa Bay defense. You know, Cam Newton was obviously huge last week. Four touchdown passes, still not a lot of passing yards. Only two hundred forty two. But another great matchup, you know. I think the thing that helps him most more than anything is having Greg Olson healthy. He's played over ninety percent of the snaps the last two weeks. Finally, looked like Greg Olson last week. Nine catches, one hundred sixteen yards, and a touchdown. That's a huge factor in this offense. It, their their offense opens up a lot when when Olson's playing.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think we'll we'll see Cam Newton will probably be uber popular this week, and you know, rightfully so, coming off that thirty one point fandle effort uh, last week in that prime matchup against you know. I mean, this is you know, this is one of the worst. You've already nobody has to tell you how bad this this Tampa Bay secondary is, and what a great matchup it is for him. Um, you'll probably see a lot of people pairing Cam up with Greg Olson um, after his low percentage smash last week. Uh, Twelve targets, caught nine of those balls, topped 100 yards, scored a touchdown. Um, but to me, I'm thinking Funchess is a little sneaky. I know he's been dealing with a little bit of a shoulder injury. I know you hate him and that he's and you believe that he is uh, awful and slow and all that, but, um, there is something to him that I like this week sort of coming off last week's uh, chalk bust and, uh, you know, something that's intriguing for me while most people go over to Olson.
1: You'll be happy to know that last week on the podcast with Jeff, I finally said, okay, fine. You play Devin, you play Devin Funchess. He catches, make catches every <laughs> week. So I just put the kibosh on him. It was beautiful. I, uh, I fully jinxed him. It was fully intentional, and uh, he had one catch for nineteen yards. It was it was a beautiful thing to watch.
2: Oh man, That's, <laughs> yeah, That was that was that was rough for all the chalk eaters there. Uh, what about McCaffrey? Uh, he Had his best fantasy p- uh, point effort of the season last week. Uh, top twenty FanDuel points for the first time. Uh, he's somebody you're going to get under ten percent owned in in tournaments. Just you know, you're going to have people mixing in, you know, Hunt and Zeke and Gurley, Dion Lewis, McCoy. He's just might be an afterthought. Um, are you down for that?
1: Yeah, I like the way they used him last week. I watched the first couple drives of that game because uh, I just I like watching McCaffrey. And I, for some reason, that was the game I had on. It was it was, a, you know, a good game. Uh, you know, it was uh, playing Green Bay. I wanted to watch Rogers a little bit. So I had that game on my big screen. Um, they just used him well. They lined him up outside the up on the slot. There was an interesting play where Clay Matthews thought he knew what the play call was. And it, it wasn't. He ran a slot. He ran a slant instead of a wheel route for a touchdown. Kama Bay got smoked by Devontae Freeman last week. They got smoked by Jamal Williams week 13. They got smoked by Tevin Coleman in week 14. They've kind of gone from getting smoked in the passing game now to getting smoked in the run game. Um, I'd like McCaffrey. 7,300, though, I just wonder. Um, he's got get a lot of targets and a half-point PPR. He's got to score to really pay off.
2: Yeah, and you know what? I, I As of just for some reason today, I was kind of um... – intrigued by Jonathan Stewart with sort of the way the game flow goes here.
0: Uh,
2: A really tough, you know, just a really tough play. I'm I'm not saying I'm advocating for him. I just would not be surprised to see him have a good game and, and get into the end zone this week.
1: Yeah, I can see it. I think he's, got, he's going to have to do something inside the five-yard line. I don't think he's breaking any runs like he did in that three-touchdown no. game. But what about Greg Olson? I think he's going to be pretty chalky this week, although they bumped him up to 6,600, so the price is up there. Uh, you know, played 73 snaps last week. Like I said, 160 yards and a touchdown. Tampa Bay has been pretty good against tight ends, only allowing eight FanDuel points per game. But finally healthy, came through big. Cam Newton's favorite receiver when he's playing. Um, you playing Olson, 6,600?
2: No, I, I you know I, I mentioned that a little bit where I'm I'm sort of interested in going against the grain and going to last week's chalk bump Funchess right and also there's McCaffrey there there's just a lot of guys there and you know last game was his just ultimate ceiling game that's what people are going to be chasing especially with the price increase obviously he is when healthy one of the best tight ends in the league uh, but for me a little bit more interested in Kelsey. Um, I don't see him getting above 100 yards again this week. I'm sure he can get into the end zone, but I just don't necessarily see him smashing this week.
1: We talked about the the Bears and Chargers D being a little bit chalky. The other D that I like, um, along with one I mentioned earlier, I like Carolina too. Nine sacks last two weeks. They forced seven turnovers last two weeks. Jameis looks really shaky to me. He does not look comfortable back there. Tampa Bay's allowed 12 sacks last three weeks. They had a five turnover game against Detroit. Big favorite home team. Uh, I like the Panthers D a lot at 4,800.
2: Uh, the formula sets up really nicely. I mean, I ha- have a note that, you know, Panthers as a team, as a defense that I'm interested in, uh, you know, last two games, and, and obviously interceptions are, are random, can't really predict them, but five interceptions over the last two games, I could definitely see a situation where the Panthers, while holding a lead, basically force Winston to make some mistakes, put some heavy pressure on them, and, uh, you know, and, and really pay off on that price this week.
1: Yeah, if the Chalk D's this week are are the Bears and the Chargers, I like going uh, against the grain a little bit with the Panthers and the Chiefs. I think those are two really good plays that would be a little less low percentage than the other ones.
2: Totally agreed.
1: Moving to the 1 o'clock games, um, Jacksonville heads across the country to play the 49ers to face the best quarterback in the history of the NFL, Jimmy Garoppolo. (sighs) Uh, Jacksonville, four and a half point favorites. <laughs> For some reason, I can't imagine why Garoppolo would ever be an underdog in a game of football. He's never lost a game of football. I don't know why he'd be no. an underdog, but uh, he's undefeated. He's perfect in every possible way. Um, what do you do with the Jacksonville side? Obviously, uh, I'm being a lot of tongue in cheek here if people didn't figure that out. Uh, Jacksonville has been playing, obviously, really well. The offense has been coming along. Blake Bortles is coming along. Uh, the Niners defense is still not good, No matter, even though they've been winning some games. Uh, who do you like on the Jacksonville offensive side this week?
2: You know, San Francisco. They're still one of the you know, top teams in the league in, in terms of uh, you, know, uh, you know plays per uh, snaps per game, and they really keep things high pace. Uh, we do have a low total here, forty-two and a half. Uh, the Panthers' defense is obviously so good; I don't think it's a good spot for Jimmy G at all. Um, and you know, the Jags' D, for example, I mean, they're insanely priced at this point, fifty-six hundred. Yep. Um, in some cases, people actually feel comfortable paying up for them. But you know, the, the unit's been sharp in real life, but they actually haven't topped 12 Fanduel points or hit even 2x on their salary in over a month. And so, I mean, I have enough faith in in Jimmy G, even in such a small small sample, that um, I don't really want to pay that monster price for for the Jaguars defense this week with all the nice cheaper options this week.
1: Uh, I agree. There, 5600 is a little too expensive for me. Um, what about the what about the, Jagu- or the Jaguars offense?
2: Among the skilled players, uh, D.D. Westbrook. I mean, uh, this is a guy I want to go back to, uh, especially after again. Um, I-, I swear to you people, I-, I don't just play every chalk bust, but this is a definitely a scenario. Uh, D.D. Westbrook is somebody that I like. You're going to see a lot of people chasing that Keelan Cole game. Um, I have not seen anything about Alan Hearns. I-, I figured there's a chance he might be back this week. Uh, but either way, that's not really going to affect my love for D.D. Um You know, this is one of the shoddiest shoddiest corner coverage units in football. Uh, Didi does work out of the slot a little bit as well, against Quan Williams probably, Uh, you know, maybe Robinson on the outside. And so uh, I like him to step up after last week's disappointing game.
1: Love Didi this week under 6,000. I loved him last week. I was wrong there. I'm going fully all in back on Didi. Um, Just, uh, you know, only two targets last week. He had 10, 9, and 8 the prior three weeks. I think they'll get back to him. Just one of those weird things that just didn't work out last week. Uh, I love going back to him under 6,000. Uh, what about Leonard Fournette? He practiced fully. He will play this week. Uh, my concern on him is whether he gets the full load of carries. If he does, you know, the Niners' D uh, has Niners been run on, but they've been a little bit better uh, recently. They've no one over 70 yards the last five weeks, but they faced a slew of really shaky running backs, so I don't put too much weight into that. Should be a nice game script. They're uh, you know they're four-and-a-half-point favorites, but it's all in his usage. Do you think he gets his full complement of carries this week?
2: No. No, I don't, and, and I think that San Francisco is a pretty uh, – Actually, sort of a sneaky uh, solid run defense um, that, like you mentioned, has been getting better over the course of the year. Um, You know, just not the same unit that they were earlier on, and and that they were last year, where they're just completely thrashed. Uh, So, uh, for me, I don't think it'd be wise for them, especially with his ankle, to really push it with Fournette. Um, Obviously, going to need him for the playoffs. But uh, again, you know. Obviously, Ivory and Yeldon aren't on the level of Fournette, but they're serviceable. And so, um, they want to keep Fournette healthy. They want to get him ready to go for the playoffs. But uh, for this week, not necessarily. Um, you know, I- I'm not super interested.
1: You going? Uh, you going back to Bortles at all?
2: Uh, back? I never. I haven't been playing him.
1: I mean, back, <laughs> I, back, I, back I for I another. Uh, he's got seven touchdowns the last three games. Are you going back for back for more action? I guess is what I mean.
2: Yeah, probably, yeah, probably not. Not that I don't like them. It's just uh, you know a few other spots that I'm looking at that I like better that I've already mentioned today.
1: Anything on the 49ers offense you're going to touch? Obviously, the Jaguars' defense is, is way up there in, in every stat and every metric. Uh, Marquise Goodwin's been on fire: 99, 106, 114 yards uh, the three games. The three games with Jimmy G. Uh, but you know he's got he's got the Jalen Ramsey and AJ Bouye, the Rambo defense back there. Um, I just don't think I can play him this week at 6800 as much as I love the, I love watching him and Jimmy.
2: Yeah. And, and unfortunately I'm going to be sitting him in a, in a, in an important season long as well. Just have some better options there. He's also, you know, in addition to having to deal with that, uh, you know, legion of doom, uh, Bowie and Ramsey, he's also dealing with a back issue, um, or, or back injury. Um, he was excused from Wednesday's practice, um, you know, more so due to the, obviously the, uh, unfortunate, um, uh, death of his, uh, of his son, but, the Back, um, you know, didn't you know, he, he still does have that back issue. The matchup isn't good, and so for me, not interested there. Hyde is maybe a little bit of consideration, but even then, it's just a super contrarian play. Um, I don't think he'll be relied upon more. I do, I mean, I do think he'll be relied upon a little bit more in this matchup than in previous ones just because they're going to have to, you know, funnel um it through him uh, and run the ball because it's really tough to pass against this team but I think for the most part uh outside of DD I'm pretty much going to be fading this game.
1: Yeah, and the thing with Hyde is that he was getting so much of his value from dump-offs and catching passes out of the backfield from, you know, Hoyer and CJ Beathard. Jimmy G throws the ball down the field a little more. They're not dumping in a ball off. So he's, he's losing a lot of his value there. He's only gone over 80 rushing yards once in the last 11 weeks. I just I just don't think I can go back to Hyde right now. Um, I just think there's too many ways that they're doing different things that uh, the Hyde's not the centerpiece that he was at the start of the year.
2: Exactly. I hundred percent agreed.
1: Second to last game on the slate and a, and a really good, an interesting one. I don't know how good it'll be, but an interesting one is the Seahawks headed to Dallas. Um, Seattle obviously got blown out last week. They're going to be looking for redemption pretty quick. They need to win. Uh, Dallas still in the playoff race, need some help, but they're, they're still in it too. Dallas is actually fared by five in this game over under a 47 um, on the Seattle side of the ball. Russell Wilson nine thousand. You mentioned you were a little, you're upset he was that high. I kind of like he's that high to kind of keep the ownership down a little bit.
2: Yeah, I mean this game intrigues me uh, fully. I do believe I think it's my favorite game on the slate this week. Uh, I do expect this game to go over, uh, and I don't know what it is about wanting to roll with Wilson after a rough outing um, where you get you know ang- angry Russ. But I think that's definitely a situation and different than uh, angry Russ Prentice. That's a whole different story. Or <laughs> Yeah,
1: I, I think I, I'd, be, I'd be more scared of, Danger, of angry Russ Prentice than angry Russell Wilson.
2: That's right. Shout out to Russ. Uh, <laughs> but I do think the Seahawks bounce back in a big way after last week's embarrassing loss of the Rams. Uh, I just think they keep this one competitive throughout. Um, you know, I may be biased because Russ is just my favorite quarterback. I'm heavily invested in season long. But, uh, you know, putting that to, to the side. Um, you know, this is a secondary that uh, is basically rolling out with three rookies um, and, you know, missing a lot of their key pieces. And so um, they don't have much of a running game, even though it's better now with Mike Davis and McKissick than what it was before. Um, it's just a, a game for, for Wilson and his crew to get nutty, I believe.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. You know, he's, everybody's worried about the last game, but he had three touchdowns a game the prior four weeks before that. You got to like going back to him here. Uh, what about his his main receiver, Doug Baldwin? Horrendous last week at one catch for six yards, only four targets. Did miss a couple of good plays that they just missed because, you know, Wilson didn't have time to find him and make the perfect pass. But he's only topped 80 yards once in the last five weeks. Does have a couple touchdowns in there. Um, only 32 targets last six weeks, though. He had he had three games in a row with double-digit targets, and kind of the targets have gone away. They've really moved the ball, spread it around to Jimmy Graham, Paul Richardson, Tyler Lockett. Everybody's kind of getting a little bit of the action. Uh, Baldwin's still 7,300, so not cheap. Uh, you are rolling with him if you, uh, for the sneaky bounce back?
2: I am uh, he just you know obviously with with Jimmy Graham just being so effective in the red zone uh, uh, obviously up until these last two games uh, you know that and Richardson and Lockett being pretty solid uh, Baldwin is just one of the guys now um, is obviously their best uh, pure receiver but somebody that I like Uh, the prices dipped a little bit. Uh, if I'm going with Wilson, uh, Baldwin will be probably the first guy I roll with. And I do like him this week. Um, Jimmy Graham, (laughs) invisible these last two games. Uh, it couldn't be any worse. In fact, um, two weeks ago when he had the goose egg, um, all I needed for a good, uh, for a good cash was for him to catch one ball. All he needed to do was catch one ball. I lost by 0.4. I just needed that 0.5 for a catch. So, um, and then last week, he negative had, one he had, yard.
1: He, had, he had less yards this, this last week. <laughs>
2: <laughs> How is that possible?
1: Uh, but he's so still the red bad. zone
2: target leader, you know, still the red zone target leader, solid matchup. Uh, I'm willing to go back to him this week. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, with, with, um, you know, Orlando Scandrick dealing with a, with, with that back injury and, and likely out like Baldwin. I mean, the, the, these three, uh, Rookies that they're rolling out—a are, are, are cornerback, Jordan Lewis, uh, woozy and Woods. um Yeah, it should be pretty nice. My only concern for Seattle's office, and and I, and I do think it's worthy of our consideration, is how solid that defensive line is with Sean Lee when he's healthy and in there. He just sort of leads like a conductor. It's pretty incredible, and so I do I can't see them getting to rust a little bit, but. um you know, if he gets any time in the pocket whatsoever, he, he he's going to tear up these these rookie cornerbacks.
1: Yeah, if you play in an IDP league, this is the week to start to Marcus Lawrence. I think he gets a couple sacks against that terrible Seahawks offensive line. I tell you what, if you want to go contrarian, Jimmy Graham off minus one yards in two weeks, only 200 less than Travis Kelsey. <laughs> um, that's, uh, I tell you what, you're going you're gonna to get way lower percentage than Kelsey because Kelsey's priced down. Uh, if you want to go different in a tournament, that's certainly the way to do it.
2: Yeah, yeah. And if you think Dallas gets off to a lead, I mean, you can do something like, Russell Wilson with Baldwin and Jimmy Graham, and then Zeke Elliott. Um, you know, the, I think that makes for for a nice little stacky stack this week.
1: So, what about the Dallas side? Zeke is eighty three hundred. Obviously, back off suspension. You got to think he'll be fresh, hopefully in shape. Uh, I saw some clips of him that looked like he was working out pretty hard. He has eighty yards uh, or more in every game but one. That weird Denver game where he had like eight yards. Um, I'd like to see some quotes this week that say that the reins are fully off. He's going to get a um, a full schedule. Um, I'd like to see a few quotes that they kind of uh, affirm that a little bit. But uh, I'm fine running him out. They're playing for a playoff spot. He's fresh. I think they feed him in a big way.
2: Yeah, Zeke is my favorite back of the week. Um, you're right. I do want to see some quotes. I want to make sure everything is uh, copacetic. But, yeah, he's going to be hungry, man. And, and we saw what Gurley did at this defense defensive unit last week. Um, and it goes without saying, I mean, this is a whole different offense with Zeke in the picture. Uh, It really boosts the confidence of of Dak Prescott. um, Even boosts his uh, his DFS usability uh, because he does, uh, you know, throw the ball to him. It does open things up in the pass game a little bit for Des Bryant. And uh, and speaking of Des, I mean, I think he's actually in play. Uh, You know that I'm partial, but I do think he's in play a little bit in GPPs this week. I think he could be sneaky against a secondary that basically, since losing Richard Sherman, has given up the second most. Points to uh, opposing quarterbacks or opposing receivers, I'm sorry, uh, after Tampa Bay.
1: All that is fine, but Des is not good at football.
2: Uh, I'm going to play him. I'm going to play Des.
1: Still has topped 75 yards once all year. Um, I get it though. I mean, I, I understand. I'm obviously joking because I know how much you like Dez. Obviously, Dez is uh, still a freak, and he looked pretty good last week when he caught the ball in a little bit of space. And he once once he had the ball in his hand, he actually looked uh, he actually looked pretty spry and pretty fast. So uh, I can see it happening. Obviously, like you mentioned, no Richard Sherman, no Cam Chancellor. My concern with them is that five or fewer targets in three of the last four games are just not giving him a chance to do anything.
2: Yeah, I mean, listen. If, if if I'm running out one team out there, even if I'm running out three, uh, I'm probably going to have two shares of Zeke Elliott. Um, you know, mixing guys like uh, Hunt, Dion Lewis, and uh, you know McCoy, some of those other options. Um, and so for me, it's, you know, it's like if I'm building more teams and, and especially if I'm stacking, because to me, uh, you know, for a lot of people, that's probably gonna be this, this, their second favorite game or third favorite game to stack probably behind Atlanta and New Orleans for sure. Right. Uh, but for me this week, for whatever reason, it, it, it's my top stack of the week.
1: Yeah. I like this one too. This is the, you know, afternoon game. You can see this one turning into a 31, uh, 28, fun afternoon game pretty easily. Oh, for sure. Uh, Last game on the slate, not so fun. Uh, The Giants are headed to Arizona. Arizona's favored by 3.5 now that line has moved down, now that uh, Drew Stanton appears to be uh, starting for the benched Blaine Gabbert. Over under a 40 in this game. Um, Starting on the Giants side of the ball, I don't like a lot, but one of my favorite value plays actually is on the Giants side. But uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, tell me who you like on the side, if anybody.
2: Yeah, you know, I was uh, looking over at – Pat Thorman's article, one of my favorite uh, guys, he writes an article about snaps and pace over yep. for PFF. And, um, you know, the Giants, and since firing Ben McAdoo, um, they've run 75 and 81 snaps, and they basically have reinstalled their their no-huddle offense. And so, um, you know, this could be a game that, uh, especially with Drew Stanton back, um, you know, could be somewhat of a, a solid pace. Um, on the Giants side, I mean, not a, just not a lot I really like. Um, for me, I think what I mostly would be interested in is Figuring out who Patrick Peterson is going to cover, like, is he going to dip into the slot and and, and, and shadow Shepard? Um, I don't necessarily think so. Uh, or is he going to cover somebody like Evan Ingram, who essentially lines up like a receiver anyways? So, um, you know, for me, figuring out that situation, I think, would be key to figuring out which Giants guy I want to play.
1: So the guy that I like this week is 5200. It's Roger Lewis. Um, very sneaky. He's had back-to-back games with double-digit mm. targets. 75 snaps week uh, last week and 81 the week before that. Tavares King is out with a concussion. Uh, not going to play, most likely, obviously. Double-check that Saturday and Sunday. Um, I think Patrick Peterson was going to guard Sterling Shepard and Everett Ingram and kind of mix and match between those two. I think that those are the two big weapons of the Giants, and I think the Giants are going to throw the ball a lot. I love Roger Lewis. Anybody that's getting 10-plus targets two weeks in a row at 5,200, he had 46 yards and 74 yards the last two weeks. I love the upside of 5,200. He's probably my favorite cheap play of the whole week.
2: Yeah, that's sneaky. And I uh, I saw a pretty amazing catch that he had this year for a touchdown. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I hadn't really thought about him. But uh, now looking at the targets, um, that's uh, that's definitely interesting. So again, just want to kind of see where the coverage is. And, you know, even with somebody like Sterling Shepard, I mean, this is a guy who obviously has had some monster games, Um, you know, really has shined with uh, with with no Odell Beckham. But at the end of the day, I mean, Shepard only has two touchdowns on the year so far
1: uh yeah i mean obviously he was a monster last week 16 targets at 139 yards and a touchdown but i just think off that game they're gonna have to put some patrick peterson on him um just based on that the usage there and how big he was what about evan ingram 6600 solid last three weeks 99 54 and 87 yards he has 28 targets last three weeks. he's clearly a huge cog in this offense uh 6600 is tough you know we've got uh we've got Trent kelsey only 400 more and we've kind of mentioned that with a few guys uh what uh what do you think about ingram this week
2: uh, again, I think that he, he might even see a little bit Peterson coverage. Yeah, we'll see, too. but, uh, yeah. So, uh, for me, it's, you know, and usually tight ends against Arizona isn't necessarily a, a bananas play. And with Kelsey there, you know, I mean, you, and Olsen, people are going to pay up for, you're just not going to see, uh, you know, if you get him and he does go off, it's going to be great. Cause it's going to commit at four to 5%. He's just not going to be very popular in this game with a, only a 40 over under.
1: And what about the Arizona side of the ball? Um Drew Stanton starting for the bench, Glenn Blank Garrett, like I mentioned. Larry Fitzgerald still seventy five hundred, but he was pretty good with Stanton. He was uh, five for seventy mm-hmm. and ten for one thirteen in weeks nine and ten when Drew Stanton did play. I don't know though, I just that the price isn't low. I wonder how much upside he has at seventy five hundred with in this offense at the moment.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's Larry Fitz. He is a uh, solid cash game play for the most part. Um, and you know, he's, well, he, 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 comes in as one of my top five favorite receivers of the day. Um, you know, the issue here in this range is you've got Doug Baldwin and, and Ty- Tyreek Hill right around that same price. Um, and then one other interesting thing, and I kind of like him for, if you're building multiple GPPs is, uh, John Brown is back. Uh, John Brown is practicing this week. Uh, obviously a pretty talented receiver for them, um, can really stretch the field. Uh, his, you know, his, hopefully his toe injury is uh, behind him and he doesn't get hurt again. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's, um, it, the Gabbert, uh, effect has sort of run its course after three bad outings in a row. Um, actually never thought I'd be excited to see Drew Stanton back there, but, uh, Hey, that's where, that's where we're at. 2017, baby.
1: 4,500 running back for Arizona. Elijah Penny, uh, Kerwin Williams did not practice I- on Wednesday with a quad injury. Could be interesting. He played 21 snaps last week. He was 10 carries of 45 yards. So pretty effective. The Giants, uh, defense just sucks overall. They gave up a long time ago. I wondered, four thousand five hundred at min price, Elijah Penny might be uh, might be the uh, the super saver of the weekend.
2: In- interesting. I mean, you know, definitely something something people should look into. Um, you know, figure out how this game goes. Um, you know, the Giants' uh, sort of hit and miss against opposing running backs, but yeah, he can absolutely get some work, um, get into the end zone, and uh, you know, turn that penny into a nickel.
1: <laughs> Sorry, I was, <laughs> I was hoping at least for a dime or a quarter if I'm going to play him.
2: That's right. Wait, well, hey, it's still five X though.
1: Uh, yeah, that'll, you that'll turn work. your penny into a nickel. I would take yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, I would take yeah. it. Um, what's that? That's nice. about uh, twenty-two points or something. Yeah, that that would work. I'd take that. I'd sign up for that right now. Yeah,
2: uh, that's right.
1: So, so quick wrap up, wrap up, wrap up before we get out of here. Um, what about uh, quarterback? Who are your favorite? Uh, your favorite overall play? I'm guessing is Russell Wilson. Um, what about the uh, the yep. mid range? Some cheaper guys.
2: Uh, so mid range. Alex Smith is a little intriguing to me. Um, I, I just like his weapons this week. Um, you know, I, I like him even in games where they are heavily favored. So uh, somebody I'm interested in a couple weeks off of um, not getting much attention. And then if I'm going really cheap, I guess I might consider Drew Stanton just how bad – Ah, uh, this giant secondary is, um, you know, without Janoris Jenkins, so uh, probably not going to have a lot of Drew Stanton, but not opposed to going with him and Fitzgerald uh, if I am building a team where I'm going heavy running backs and receivers, or maybe even with Gronk.
1: Yeah, my three favorite quarterbacks are kind of all in the same uh, same tier, same clump. Uh, I like Jared Goff, I like Matthew Stafford, and I like Phil Rivers. Um, all three of those guys, I think, will be pretty solid this week. Uh, not, uh, and you, you save some money off the. Uh, off the Wilson and Brady prices. I like Wilson too. I'm going to try and play some teams with him, but at 9,000, so it gets a little bit tough unless you want to play, uh, you know, my boy Elijah Penny, and then you can, then you can fit whoever you want. But uh, I'm fading Matt Ryan. I just, I'm not seeing it this year. I want to see, uh, even in a high over under, uh, you know, hasn't thrown three touchdowns in a game yet. I want to see him do something before I put him in. And I just, I'm not feeling it with Matty Ice this year.
2: Yeah, on the fade side, uh, fortunately, I think it's going to be Breeze for me. Just you know, based on so slow, slow pace, a good secondary, uh, you know, strong running backs, weapons kind of outside of Michael Thomas. So, uh, Breeze is my fade. Um, on the sneaky low percentage tip, uh, Tyrod Taylor for me. Uh, do you think he'll have a better, um, a, a nice game here? I think it sets up really well for him. Uh, not opposed to, uh, to to running out with Tyrod this week.
1: What about uh, the running back side? My top overall play is uh, Ezekiel Elliott and Melvin Gordon are my, uh, my two favorite here.
2: My top overall is also Ezekiel Elliott, uh, but I'm also extremely intrigued with uh, Kareem Hunt and Alvin Kamara.
1: In, uh, in the mid-range, I like Devontae Freeman a lot. I thought he looked really spry, really good. Uh, I'd like to, you know, it would be better if Tevin Coleman did not play. Um, I guess I also like Kenyon Drake. He's just been so good for three weeks in a row. It's 70, 70, 100, 70, whatever he is. Um, still think he's a pretty solid play there.
2: Yeah, for me, top or mid range, I'm on the same page with you. It's Devonta Freeman, who I would love even more if uh, Temin Coleman wasn't playing. Even if Temin is playing, uh, I'm fine with Freeman. Uh, on the cheap side for me, Deion Lewis uh, just kind of sort of goes without saying. And um, you know, I wish that Joe Mixon was playing uh, a, a full game and they could just let him loose because if so, I would like uh, I would be into Mixon this week.
1: Yeah, my top-cheap play, I like Teon Green, but now that uh, Theo Riddick is going to play, I, I'm off that one. Uh, if I had to go with top-cheap play, it'd be Elijah Penny. We mentioned him real quick uh, a second ago. Uh, if Kerr Williams doesn't play, I think just the volume at 4500 could be interesting.
2: I like it. Uh, my fade, interestingly enough, is Kenyon Drake uh, because the price has gone up a little bit. I uh, prefer him more so in full-point PPR. And uh, because if I'm going with somebody from that Miami offense, especially a expect kansas city to get a lead it would be jarvis landry
1: mine is actually mark ingram this week not that i don't like him i just like other running backs in the range more i like zeke more I like melvin gordon more i like kamara more this week Um, so i'm gonna have very little mark ingram i don't love how he played last week i just think the the late 50 yard touchdown really added to that he also had a 54 yard catch so he had two big plays that kind of uh made his whole day i think that game is going to be a little more um pass heavy than everybody thinks I think he might get a little more shoot outy than uh, than we expect, so I'm gonna go uh, I'm gonna go away from Ingram this week. Uh,
2: and then on the uh, going with the sneaky low percentage guys, uh, I do want to see Gillisley active because I would be interested there. Uh, and then Jonathan Stewart, I think, just sort of a uh, uh, you know off the wall sort of contrarian play. Not somebody I'm playing on any of my main five main lineups, but uh, I do think he gets into the end zone this week.
1: Mine is Isaiah Crowell. I really like how he's looked in three of the last four games. I just think if the Browns can manage to keep that game close, he's their best. Uh, he's their best weapon to kind of uh, keep the ball and maintain some time of possession. So I think if the game stays close, Crowell could be really good. Uh, on receiver side, my top overall play, uh, kind of easy. Uh, you know, I'm not going with Julio at the top, but I like the next two guys. I like Michael Thomas and Keenan Allen a lot.
2: Yeah, for me, it is uh, Jarvis Landry and, and also Keenan Allen. If Keenan Allen's healthy, obviously he's just a, a fantabulous play, and uh, I, I'm all about that Keenan Allen life.
1: Yeah, in the mid-range, I like a slew of guys like Marvin Jones a lot. I like Landry with you. I like Robert Woods also. I think that uh, Jared Goff has a good game. And, uh, you know, you look at Mike Evans at 7,000. I think in that game, if they get they get down by, you know, 10, 14 points, they're going to throw the ball a lot. They're going to force him a lot. Uh, at 7,000, I think he might finally pay off on that salary.
2: Yeah, I could see that with Mike Evans for sure this week. Uh, Maybe finally gets that 100-yard receiving game uh, that he really needs. Uh, Doug Baldwin is is one of my favorite plays, going to to pair him up with with Big Russ. And uh, Larry Fitzgerald, definitely interested in him as well. Top cheap play for me is uh, going to be in perhaps the same as you, Chris Godwin.
1: Yeah, I like Godwin, but I also like Roger Lewis. And then D.D. Uh, Westbrook is in there somewhere. I don't know if he's cheap or mid-range, but um, he's kind of in the middle of those two tiers. But I like him a lot. I think that a, a lineup with D.D. Westbrook plus either Lewis or Godwin could give you a lot of other stuff elsewhere that might really pay off nicely.
2: I mean hey like the old uh, show from the late 80s says right Roger Lewis can't lose isn't that what it was called
1: <laughs> you like to mix that in at least once every four or six episodes uh, I'm <laughs> fading I'm fading AJ green this week I'm just not uh, I'm not feeling it with Eddie Dalton right now low targets offense is sputtering and I'm just not gonna pay the price for him this week
2: green is my fade as well um, I do have Julio listed as a secondary fade but uh, I'm probably gonna end up with him on a lineup just contrarian play anytime Julio is contrarian uh it, it, it's it, it, opportunity to pay off. So interested there, Uh sneaky low percentage guys for me at any price. Uh, I already mentioned Des Bryant, a little sneaky this week. Uh, Devin Funch is coming in at a lower percentage and a, uh, uh, a cheap punt at 5,000 for Arizona. If he's healthy and good to go, John Brown,
1: you just can't quit John Brown. Can you?
2: No, I can't. It's good. Uh,
1: you already mentioned my low percentage, plays. <laughs> I think, I think Doug Baldwin, that price to come in at really low percentage off the bad game. Um, I think he bounces back. Well, at tight end, my top overall play, uh, no surprise from all we've talked about so far, uh, Travis Kelsey, I think a little too cheap at 7000 I think I'm going to own a lot of Kelsey this weekend.
2: Top overall play for me as well. Travis Kelsey, uh, just for the price uh, for Gronk, get some savings, spend it elsewhere. A top mid-range guy for me, Jimmy Graham on the bounce back. Going to roll with him and uh, Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin in a GPP. Zeke on the way back. Uh, I am not as full fade on you with uh, Antonio Gates. I'll probably play Gates in cash. Uh, I do think him and Revers connect for at least one touchdown. Uh, fade for me, um strange enough, is going to be Greg Olson. Um, I just don't know what it is. I just you know, think people are chasing last week's big game, and so uh, I'd rather pay up 400 extra for, for Travis Kelsey.
1: That makes sense. Uh, my favorite mid-range play is a guy who's been sneaky pretty good, is Eric Ebron. 18 targets the last two weeks. Uh, he had 94 yards the week before and then 33 yards and a touchdown this week. They're kind of looking for looking to him in, in kind of those spots when it's third and four. And, you know, Tate and Jones go down the, go down the field, and Ebron gets a little uh, little button hook or a little out or an in. They're, they're really using him a lot in the middle of the field, which I like. Um, I think the Detroit offense does really well against Cincinnati this week. So I think Ebron uh, will come in a low percentage, sneaky mid-range, with a lot of people going up to Kelsey or down to Gates
2: yeah i don't know if you remember two weeks ago on the pod where i I kind of threw out at the end that i was gonna gonna play eric ebron because he was scoring a touchdown well he didn't score a touchdown but he basically had his breakout game i think it was like nine catches for 90 yards or something so
1: it was yeah uh, it was it was 10 for 94 and i will give you full props for uh, that call even without the touchdown
2: thank you sir uh (laughs) on the sneaky low percentage side if he plays adam shaheen um Outside of that, um, I'm not really going too cheap because I don't really want to take a chance when I have guys like Kelsey and Graham, um, Delaney, who I trust more.
1: Yeah, Ebron's also my low percentage play. I think everybody's going to go Gates, or then they're going to go up to, like I said, Kelsey, Graham, uh, Olsen, or Gronk. So I think the mid range can be really, uh, really uh, meager percentage ownership uh, this week. On the defensive side, we mentioned, uh, you know, kind of some of the chalk plays I like. Um, the Chiefs and the Panthers kind of getting away from the chalk a little bit, away from uh, Chicago and the Chargers, I think we we think are going to be the the chalkier sides. Um, I think the Panthers and Chiefs both come up big this week.
2: Yeah, the my top overall play, kind of eating the chalk here with the, uh, the Chargers. Uh, my top cheaper play, I think I already mentioned them, was uh, the Rams on the road against Tennessee, against Marcus Mariota. Uh, you know, just really cheap. It's just a matter of, you know, th- those, you know, between the Bears, Chargers, Rams, uh, Panthers. I mean, it's just a couple hundred in salary there, so it's just a matter of you can fit them in. Um, Probably wouldn't play Rams on my primary team, but uh, on a third team, I'm interested in them. Uh, My fade for the price simply is Jacksonville. Is that the same for you?
1: Well, considering that uh, Jimmy G plays quarterback for the 49ers, yes. (laughs)
2: there you go what about a sneaky low percentage team
1: you know my the got the teams i like aren't that expensive so i don't really need one but i think the interesting one if you need a 4500 defense is the cowboys i think there's kind of a floor built in there because i think they'll get three or four sacks against russell wilson just because the seahawks offensive line is abysmal um demarcus lawrence sean lee i think they're gonna be causing some havoc for wilson in the back i think they're gonna get get a few sacks and maybe uh maybe you get a fumble interception at that if i had to go min price i think dallas at home is interesting
2: Nice, yeah. For me, uh, again, I, I'm primarily using the the batch that I already told you, but uh, just a sort of a sneaky feeling on on, on New Orleans. Um, even if they do allow, you know, 18 to 22 points, um, I do see a couple of opportunities for for Matt Ryan to get picked, especially if New Orleans gets off to a big lead. Um, I do see a couple of sacks on Ryan as well, and so um, New Orleans. No one's talking about them. No one's going to use them because they've been under the radar. But uh, just something a little sneaky out there that
1: may hit. Well, beautiful. I like it. I think we have some. Uh, I think we have some good off the radar and cheap guys this week. I think we're. Uh, I think we're headed for a good week. I got a good feeling about this week.
2: That's it. No, no better time to do it than at the end, baby.
1: Absolutely. So, thanks everybody for listening to the Rotowire NFL DFS podcast, sponsored by FanDuel. We of course thank them again. If you could please rate and review the podcast, we greatly appreciate that. Uh, Vlad reads all those reviews, so please, uh, please go in there and do that. Um, Other than that, we thank everyone for listening. Look forward to uh, talking to you one more time next week for week 17. Hope everybody has a good and profitable week 16.